Welcome to The Break Podcast, a space for the exchanging of knowledge between the members of The Break, a fellowship program for women entrepreneurs. In each episode, we'll explore the experiences, opinions, and of course, the projects that the entrepreneurs are developing to be part of the support and professional growth network. This is a co-production between LACOR Services, Effecto Colibri, and all the women you will hear throughout this conversation. Enjoy the journey. Co-living for me was sisterhood. This was the feeling I had the whole time in the house we, we had. The fact that we were not just sharing a space, but also sharing lives. Co-working for me was about feeling like I belonged, that I was seen, that I was heard, and that, you know, everyone else that was around me was going through similar things. Not the same, but similar, and they could actually, you know give me advice or just be there for the ride. It means to build a network of similar people that share the same values and have this vision of working separately, but at the same time working together. In this episode, we'll talk about co-living. This is one of the values of the break program and part of a 28-day experience that the participants have as part of the journey. What's it like living with women you don't know in a remote area of Spain? How do you reconcile work and your well-being when you are an entrepreneur? And moreover, what can a place of immersion bring in terms of exchange between the participants? Me, Kayla, and my companions, Ioana and Anna, are going to talk about our experience living for 28 days in a co-living environment and everything we took away from this transformative experience, which is much more than having our own business. Hi, hello girls. I'm Anna. I'm from Spain, living almost 10 years abroad, nine in, in Germany and one year in, in Austria, spending now some days in Seville. And yeah, I'm the owner of My Spanish Soul, uh, footwear for children. And uh, what about Kayla? Hello, hello. I'm Kayla. I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada, but my parents are both Portuguese. And in the past couple of years with the pandemic, I went online and I decided to move back to Portugal to be closer to family. So yeah, being in Portugal, I saw there was the break going on. I thought I would take advantage of the opportunity and apply and, and see where it went. Hello, my name is Joana Mircea. I come from Sibiu, Romania, and my company is dedicated to online courses, uh, trainings, and business coaching. Uh, what I really liked about uh, the Break Fellowship uh, was this great chance of uh, co-living because actually I have done my studies uh, in the same city where I lived and I didn't uh, get the chance to go and experience living in a dormitory and uh, doing an Erasmus internship or something. So uh, I thought that it's a really nice uh, occasion to experience this. I have spent uh, the month of October in Agaete, a fisherman village in uh, Gran Canaria. And I stayed in El Cabo, which is a co-living and co-working space run by um, re-people. So they are like very well uh, experienced with uh, digital nomads. It was a great chance for me to work in a community of remote workers and to 
experience day-to-day -day living with international entrepreneurs and also other co-livers that lived in the same space as we did. We had the same space for co-working and also for co-living and um, we enjoyed very long talks, uh, meaningful, like also Carla, like she said, that uh, it wasn't only about sharing the space and the kitchen, it was also about connection. And um, what I really liked is that since March, I've been on my own uh, working as an entrepreneur. I quit my job and it got kind of lonely because I was used to working in a big team and going to work every day. And uh, this was something that I missed and it was like something that I didn't quite enjoy being on my own. And um, living for one month together with uh, the other entrepreneurs really got me to the part of enjoying being a, a nomad uh, entrepreneur and uh, working remotely from uh, places that uh, I love. Yeah, so I saw it and I thought I would go there with my project. And one of the main things that drew me towards it was the idea of co-living with other women for an extended amount of time. It wasn't just a week. It was 28 days. You don't know where you're going. You don't know who you're living with. And because I had been a digital nomad working different contracts for different jobs all the time. I never actually got to meet with people or have that sense of community. So going there, the biggest draw to me was living with other women who I could actually talk to and who could actually understand what I was going through. And when I got there, it was definitely really challenging because the networking was just constant, constant, constant for those first 24 hours. And everyone is pitching the perfect pitch. No one really gets into the details of anything that they're doing because it's such a short amount of time. But then when you went to the communities, you kind of have to readjust who you're talking to and you actually get more comfortable. And by the end of it, the co-living for me was just a space about being honest and building genuine connections and problem solving. So co-living wasn't just about having people you had breakfast with or people you go to work with, but it was about actually getting comfortable and actually being able to share issues you have that others might have had as well. For me, it was also similar. Like first time I heard about co-living, I thought, okay, so we are going to live all together, like 12 women. We don't know each other, of course, together. I don't know where. So it sounded like really um, like adventure and I actually like adventure. So I thought, well, okay, why not? And then once we got in the house, I was in Petrer, in Alicante. It was like a huge house with a swimming pool. So it was like a holiday house. So it was just a dream. And then I found out I will share my room with five other people and also the bathroom. So I was like, wow, this is going to be really challenging. But it was surprisingly good. Like, of course, you have to adjust to the others. But I also saw this attitude in the others. I like we were all adjusting and really giving our best to have like a, a good experience. Also, like this networking started being much more personal. So it was not just about business, it was about life and fears and these all emotions we all actually have when we are starting to build up our businesses. We present uh, usually ourselves like strong women and we can do everything. And of course we are, but of course we also have this quick point uh, this way also in common. I personally found that very good for me because I thought I had to be super woman, super mom, super person, super everything. 
And uh, seeing others having these weaknesses showed me I can also have weaknesses and that just human is not bad. So I think this is one of the best takeaways I take from this co-living experience, like getting to know better all the other women entrepreneurs and finding out we all have many things in common, even when we came from completely different backgrounds, like from different countries, different situations at home, different languages, different ages, like we were between 30 and 45, more or less. It didn't matter. Like it was really a great experience in my case. And I'm super uh, grateful for that. I have also really enjoyed the great variety of um, entrepreneurs coming from all European countries. Uh, and um, in my co-living, we, there were also uh, several other co-livers. They were remote workers, entrepreneurs, and we connected. We had even a bigger uh, community of uh, entrepreneurs and uh, co-workers there. And... Um, Besides sharing everything and cooking together, eating together, like family dinners, we shared the fridge, we borrowed things one from each other, and I learned so many new recipes. But it was also, uh, we had uh, single rooms, and uh, I really enjoyed that because I had uh, the time to connect with myself and uh, also to connect with the others in the common spaces and because the ocean was very close by i had a chance to connect with nature and to do very long walks and uh, getaways in nature so it has really been beneficial for me in uh, trying to accommodate both work and networking and some time with myself i didn't live with five people in a room and i also didn't have a room by myself i shared a room with one other girl, which was really great. I did not get that much alone time, kind of here and there, but we were always out doing something. The way, I don't know how you chose who you were sharing a room with, but I literally was like, who wakes up early? And one other girl, another one put up their hands and I kind of chatted to both of them just to see who I really meshed with. And me and her got along really well. We ended up sharing a room. Turns out neither of us actually liked to get up early. We both just wanted someone to try and set that habit with. And we were just similar where we said we were going to do things and like, this is what we do, but it's the person we're trying to be. So it worked out really, really well. Again, yes, we were sharing clothes. I took her dresses. She took some of my shirts, that sort of thing. And in terms of the co-living, it was a 15 minute walk to get to the train plus a 40 minute train-ish, half hour train plus another 15 minute walk. So it was nice to have someone that was kind of like, we have to go to the train. It's in five minutes and you'd always have someone to run with. So you would think that would make you really productive as well. And in a way it was, got out of the house, got like 20,000 steps a day sort of thing. And when you work online and at the computer, you practically just look out the window all day and like, oh, it'd be nice to go for a walk, but I just have so much work to do. So you never leave. But having someone to go to work with and all these other girls, it was great because you would go out and do stuff. It wasn't just sitting all the time. So co-living was just a great way to actually connect with people, understand what they're doing, get ideas for my own business, provide my own suggestions and my own advice from my own experiences. So it was really a give and a take. Personally, in terms of my project advancing a lot, not really what happened. Maybe some people got a lot of work done, but I was just way too excited and way too distracted with everyone to just sit down and focus because 12 women, someone always wants to do something and you never want to say no because you're like, oh, but I want to go out. I want to go dancing. I want to go get some wine. 
So co-living, I just had to decide what my focus was because you can't be superwoman. Like Iona was saying, you can't do it all. You have to pick what your focus is. So my focus was connecting with them, having fun. I just need to talk to people. I want to go explore this place. I just want to have a good time and talk to my mentors and get all these ideas. Like in my case, I also had a hard time to focus because I also didn't want to miss anything. We had a really good weather and we wanted to visit like everything there and nearby and go for, for lunch, for dinner. And like I did less than I thought in the beginning. Like I thought, okay, I will come to Spain and I will have one month. Like for me, you know, for my project, I will focus so much and I will work like eight hours a day and do this and that and all the things I didn't manage to do in the past. I will do them definitely this month, you know, because it will be the perfect month for this. Of course, this was like um, two days after I arrived, I realized this is not going to happen. I was super busy just trying to find out which my co-leavers were, you know, I wanted to know more about their projects, about their lives, uh, how did they end up uh, doing what they are doing and uh, asking all the questions I always have in my head. So um, in this, uh, I really relate to Joanna saying she was happy like to, to share these all questions and thoughts she usually has to manage herself. And um, I also thought if I managed to, to build this community feeling with these 11 women for the rest of my life, this is actually a, a huge asset. These people uh, know me, know they also have like the same kind of interest like me, like, yeah, like entrepreneur trying to make their lives sometimes a little complicated. And this is something I have been really missing since I am entrepreneur. I started like three years ago and I didn't find this group of uh, women, yeah, focused on their own businesses and uh, willing to do this exchange, knowledge or energy, whatever. So for me, it was like, okay, this is uh, what I have been looking for actually since like long time. And I will not get distracted by my project too much because I really want to squeeze this moment with all these uh, amazing women. I would repeat the experience in the same location or even in a different location because from the feedback we had at the final event, the closing event, uh, it seems like everyone had really good time and uh, connection have been made and uh, people have, uh, the other ladies have really enjoyed being there. And in terms of connecting with local people, we had several meetings working on our local challenge. We have met with local entrepreneurs. We have visited some of them. Uh, they came and visited us in our co-living because we had uh, an amazing rooftop and we they came there. And we also had the mayor from Agaete. She came and uh, stayed with us in the focus groups and we worked together in order to find the best way in which the local entrepreneurs can connect with each other and can find ways of collaborating um, together in a sustainable way because you know like Gran Canaria and the Canary Islands they are overpopulated by tourists so they really need to find ways in uh, how they can collaborate in a sustainable way while preserving their local traditions. It was nice to have a taste of their experience we have visited the local fincas which are farms in spanish and we have been to a coffee farm and we have planted our own coffee plants which was uh, so nice so this 
farm that we have visited it has been in the family for 200 years and all the employees and people working there were from the village and they have done it in a very sustainable way in order to attract tourists and to build on it. So, and also what I have really liked uh, is uh, the Spanish people, they have siesta, they uh, rest after <laughs> after they work and um, they uh, even call it like Mediterranean yoga and it was like an internal joke, let's do some Mediterranean yoga. Also, uh, we learned about them that uh, they have like um, a nice space. They do not hurry that much and we also said that uh, there is island time because it's uh, when you establish a time it's not actually like uh, like german time you have to be there at that hour it's island time and it has really made us to be more flexible and to adapt easier definitely met quite a few local people kind of kind of chatted didn't really connect too too much but definitely the local vibes of going out for pinchos and sharing wine and sharing the bills and going back and forth definitely fed into our group because we would go out and get all of the pinchos, get all of the wine, sit down and talk together. And yes, take breaks during the day, sit down and have an hour lunch, go to the beach and sit for a little bit. You know, it's something that I don't do, especially by myself. It seems that people there are very group oriented. They like to be with people. And we definitely took on that vibe for us. Our hosts were both from the area. Isabel loves to dance, super vibrant, took us out to all of the bars and the clubs. And some of us were dead and would go home and she's like out there like, no, let's go here. Let's go there. So definitely got a taste for the local culture and the way they live and the way they take their breaks. And yeah, hundred percent would do it again, especially if the group is as amazing as it was this time around. Well, and also I felt super lucky arriving to Alicante because this is the place to be if you are shoemaker in Spain, like also many uh, companies international are producing the shoes in Alicante. So me as brand for footwear, children footwear was really helpful to connect with all the people there, like fabrics and also like in between fabrics and brands and uh, getting the to know better how the business is working there. I like I started three years ago and I had sometimes the feeling I'm missing some information on the way. And then uh, being there for four weeks, I really got to know better how the people understand their own businesses, something you cannot really learn from having calls like, I don't know, half an hour call. But they're like visiting the fabrics, getting to see the people working there, how they work also like so manual. And so for me, it was really a huge luck to be part of this cohort in Petrer and especially for my brand, my Spanish soul, having getting to know better which uh, innovation are also um, taking place in the sustainable point of view. And uh, visiting Inescope, which is like an institute for innovation in the shoe industry. And also knowing from them that they are like pioneers in all the sustainable fashion for shoes in Spain and even in Europe. So, yeah, like indeed a huge opportunity for, for me as a founder for Children Footwear to be there, to make connections and so much looking forward to keep them in the future and to see how it develops. What got you started? You said you quit your job and you started on this new journey with the the footwear. What made you decide to pivot in your careers? 
Well, this was, yeah, like three, four years ago, I, I was living in Germany and I got my kids and they started to work. And then as a Spanish mom, I found uh, very difficult to buy shoes for my children because either they were not looking that good for my point of view, or they were also very expensive. And I also realized the kind of shoes I liked, like more like Spanish style, like classic, and they were like made in Spain and for a Spanish market. So I was living in Hamburg, North of Germany, where it's uh, cold, also like, like wet. So... I found there should be something done as of these shoes with this uh, classic design, but also with this more like protection for the weather somehow. So this was the, the start point for me to, to start looking for my own line for footwear for children. And that, that's how it developed. Like I went to Alicante, I was already producing in Alicante before this program. And I found a factory there who was willing to do what I was looking for. And I started selling online and then the pandemic came, which was very good that I was selling online. And then, yeah, I, after the pandemic, I also started selling in shops like in Germany and also in, in Austria or in Portugal, like in, in different uh, countries, like a small shop, not a huge number of businesses. But always uh, very focused in design and quality. So um, looking for this compromise between looking good, being comfortable and giving a, a good quality because um, something I have also learned and something I, I already uh, was applying to my shoes is that the best thing you can do in footwear is buy good quality so the children can use it and use it and use it again. And once they are too small, because they are growing, of course, then hopefully they were so used that they are broken. So you really, everything from this piece of art, because it's really like handmade and really with wood materials. Um, so yeah, that's uh, how I started. Did you do the designs yourself? Did you start designing or? Yes, I am uh, doing it uh, together with the factory. And adjusting, for example, in Germany, I found out the children, they have like wider feet and they also were very into the soft soles and really aware of the, the materials that footwear for children should have. So always adjusting the, the designs I already had in mind. They are like very, the classic ones, adjusting them to the needs from the German market. And what about you, Kyla? What are you doing, actually? I create 360 virtual tours. So I'm a photographer, as well as a kind of tech person, kind of going towards the metaverse. Think of it as a stop between photography and a virtual world in the middle at the moment. So pretty much what I do is I go in and I take 360 photos of a place. I do all of the post-production, and then I link them together in a interactive tour that you can find on Google Maps. I can connect it to Google Maps. It can be embedded on websites, all sorts of things like that. And it's kind of used for a few things. Right now, I'm focused on tourism, but I have done tours for a factory. So as you were saying, you work with the factory creating designs and everything. I don't know how you came to decide that you wanted to work with them. But this was from another woman in my co-living group. She gave me an amazing idea because she worked in fashion for 10 years already and still works in fashion. And she would have to find good suppliers for them and have to go abroad. And she saw a really good use for it. These 
factories having 360 virtual tours where she could, instead of going in person, look at it virtually and feel like she's walking around to get all the information she needs. So the point of these tours is that you can almost be there as if you're standing in person. So compared to do 2D photos, if you're looking at anything, a house for sale or looking at the inside of a spa, it's just static. Whereas with a 360 virtual tour, when you click in it, you can drag along, look all the way up, look all the way down, and it's much more interactive. You actually feel like you can see the space around you. So it would just make you more comfortable going there in person. So for example, hotel room, you could click on one 360 image, look around the whole room instead of going through five different photos, trying to see how big is it? Is there a hairdryer? Is, where is it located? Because you can embed a ton of information within it. So long story short, I do virtual tours for a variety of businesses. A lot of people don't understand by me just describing it. So anyone listening to this podcast might not really understand what it looks like, but if you Google it, hopefully you'll find some actual tours you can jump into and understand because I will not do it justice with words. I wanted to ask you, Kyla, so who is your target group? Who can book your services? So I don't want to say anyone because I know they say, oh, you can't pitch anyone, da 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 But I would have very different specific niche profiles depending on who I want to target first. So for example, factories, again, my best example is I did a 360 tour for a printing factory in New Zealand who have customers from all over East Asia, but New Zealand's borders were closed during the pandemic. So no one would come and visit to see the factory. They had no idea if it really existed. Sure, they can kind of see photos and everything, but it's not the same as going in person. So they wanted me to create this tour that they could just send out as a link and their possible clients can look at it, go around, look at videos embedded in it. I used a drone to show where it was located and it gave much more of an in-person feel than just photos. And they spent a ton of time being able to go through it. So now they don't have to come if they don't want to, but they still get the chance to kind of almost have that in-person feel. So that's where that started. Joanna, enough about me. What was it that your project was? What are you working on? I have three directions in which I go with my company. Basically, what I do, I to give a broader vision of it, uh, I help mission-driven women entrepreneurs to scale uh, their business by developing sustainable habits and by clearing um, hidden mindset blocks. Basically, I'm uh, coaching them and supporting them in becoming uh, more productive, work smarter, and reduce stress through effective communication, time management, and alignment with uh, personal values. Because entrepreneurs, uh, they work with a lot of people and I can uh, build more um, in my mission. Because what I want to do is to transform leaders into sustainable high performers. This might sound a little bit uh, like tricky, but actually... Uh, what I'm doing with uh, my clients and with the people that I work is we work on uh, building balance in all areas of life. And we do this by not sacrificing your relationship, your mental health, your uh, business, because uh, we need to bring focus in everything that is important to us and not only in working a lot, like Anna said, and uh, we also need to relax and to know how to 
deconnect in order to reconnect. And um, I think uh, this is uh, like something that we really need to focus on. And uh, my vision for the long term is to create uh, a tribe of uh, sustainable, high performing leaders who love what they do and um, do what they love with uh, energy, intent and passion, uh, while understanding and learning from them as well. So uh, basically, in my uh, co-living, we had uh, this, because uh, all of us, we have a lot of experience and we had these Skillshare sessions where we have uh, voted which uh, Skillshare we find more interesting and we want to follow. And uh, I have given this Skillshare session dedicated to how to bring the design thinking model in uh, building your daily habits we decided to have monthly meetings and to apply this mastermind formula um, once a month that uh, when we meet and to apply it um, in order to be a support for each other okay so anna how has whole living supported your project this is the question if you have benefited, uh, I don't know, if you have seen any advantage in a direct way? Yes, 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 definitely. Like in my case, I didn't mention before, one previous step before building up my online shop was having a blog. So I also have a blog with the same name. It's my Spanish soul. I don't know if I said it before. And I started this blog when I moved to Germany as a Spanish uh, woman, having a newborn baby at home. And uh, facing all the cultural shocks and, well, everything what maternity does to women. And then after this, I kept with the online shop and being in the co-living was also very helpful for me in the way that, uh, as I also mentioned before, many other people were giving me their insights, their point of views. And um, telling me, for example, I am really passionate about my blog. I really enjoy writing the blog and telling my experience also like an entrepreneur now. I also write the newsletter, but I also struggle with the time to do this because this is not my business. My business is the shop. And in this aspect, I was presenting to my colleagues, the other women living with me in, in the co-living and it was super inspiring for me, like hearing all the opinions, they were always willing to, to give me also references, which is also sometimes a kind of problem for me, like a challenge to find other people who are like, uh, especially like, like other women being mothers and also like having an online shop and a blog and how I know like the really big ones that everybody knows, but I don't know like someone in the middle, like how is she doing now her way or how did she did it? A positive aspect of being together with so many women coming from different countries was that they could give me many references I didn't know before. And also they were all experts in some areas like creating content who were also like really important for me to, yeah, to professionalize in a way my blog and giving me ideas of how could I monetize better in order to making it possible for me to spend more time in the blog because of course I also need to monetize if I spend more time otherwise I have to keep uh, focusing in, on the shows so this was uh, definitely something very positive for me from the co-living did you have a similar experience Kyla in this way yeah for 
co-living in terms of my project, it was definitely really good. So Paulina was the, her name is Paulina, who I spoke to worked in fashion, who gave me this kind of other perspective because tourism can kind of be difficult to get into because there's so many photographers in it. A lot of people have already spent money on marketing. They don't really want to add into what they're doing. They're kind of already there. Whereas for factories, she had never seen it before. She's seen a lot of presentations. And so she gave me this entirely different perspective that I had gotten from my other experiences in rental and other tours and places I've talked to or restaurants. So in terms of the co-living spaces, it was great to brainstorm the possibilities, building my customer personas and all that sort of thing. So in general, again, I didn't do a ton of work or a ton of projects while I was there, but it was just talking to different people in my co-living space, how they grew their businesses, when they hired on more work, how I can possibly outsource different aspects of what I do. So in that way, the co-living gave me just a lot of future preparation, I would say, future plans I can put into place. So I have worked a little bit in the life patterns that I had. It kind of decreased my level of stress and anxiety because, you know, when you work alone and you are your own referrals, so you do not uh, have the chance to discuss with anyone. So I really enjoy this other than being in my own space and working alone or doing my stuff. Whatever I got out of the room, I met with other people and I discussed a lot of things and we have exchanged um, similar experiences or situation that we have encountered and um, it was very very nice to to have this it really helped me get a bigger and wider perspective so the break is for me a start in the way that I see my own entrepreneurship in a different way now I feel much more supported by this network I also see my business from a very different point of view. So I really have many ideas in order to develop my business and myself. Working in a co-working space, it wasn't just about the work that I could possibly get done. It was going out to lunch with people and being able to talk to other humans who understand me, which made me have a community that I don't have otherwise. So it's definitely pushed me to be more social and really shown me how important it is to have that kind of community. The connection that I have uh, built, uh, the supportive network of uh, similar-minded women entrepreneurs, the feeling of being part of a community with shared values really makes me feel more confident, more European and uh, even more dedicated to become a successful entrepreneur. Thank you for listening. We hope this podcast will inspire all women who want to be an entrepreneur and become a part of the Bright community. You can find all the information about us and our projects in all the episodes of the Break podcast will be featured on EffectoColibri.com and LaGoreServices.com. Bye.